Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to fade the chalk. Fade the chalk. Presented by the FTN Network. Helping you win your fantasy leagues and dominate in DFS. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Brown and Adam Pfeiffer. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Fade the Chalk podcast presented, of course, by the FTN Network. My name is Adam Pfeiffer, and this is the solo week number four start set episode. We'll go through some players that are ranked pretty closely to each other, and we'll also and we'll debate who to start and sit. And then we'll also recap Thursday night's contest between the Cincinnati Bengals and Jacksonville Jaguars. Pretty interesting game. Um, injuries were definitely a factor in this game. Uh, two key players that we'll have to keep an eye on, obviously. Uh, so we'll break down that action and preview some more of week number four. Uh, before we do that, though, I got to plug some stuff over at FTN. So there's a lot going on, obviously. We have football season in full swing, playoff baseball starting, basketball season's right around the corner. Talked about everything we have with Kyle Murray yesterday on the podcast, but. You know, you want to sign up, obviously, for FTN Daily, FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets, all that great stuff. But there's also a lot of other awesome stuff. We are giving away a trip to Las Vegas to catch a Raiders and Washington football team game. Uh, You get a trip to Vegas for a subscriber appreciation Vegas giveaway. So it's very cool. I mean, what you can win a trip to Las Vegas, which is a $5,000 value. You get the airfare, the tickets to the Raiders game, hotel in Vegas, more Plus, you get various FTN prizes, including cash, FTN swag. And look, this is this is how you enter. If you're subscribed to FTN Network, you are already automatically entered to win. And you already have multiple tickets based on your memberships. So, for instance, a diamond membership is 20 tickets to this, 20 tickets uh, towards this giveaway. All access NFL is 15. NFL bets is 10, as well as NFL DFS. High stakes fantasy is seven. There's a entire um, breakdown on ftnfantasy.com that you can check out, but it's really cool. I mean, you can like like you, like I said, you can win tickets to this game with a bunch of other great stuff. So we are giving this away. Um, the, uh, FTN's CEO Kevin Adams randomly posted a poll. It was uh, end of July about if anybody would be interested if we if we started this, and bam, the contest was born. So make sure you are entering this. Again, if you're already subscribed, you're already entered. So make sure you're keeping an eye on it. Obviously, you have to submit your email address. Um, but yeah, if you're not signed up, do that today. Sign up, 
at FTN Network. Um, obviously, the contest would be awesome if you won. But even if you don't win, I mean, you get so much great stuff, right? I mean, just the tools alone for football season. We have the wide receiver corner, but cornerback matchup tool from Jeff uh, Ratcliffe, the shadow index, and then we have the advanced stats that are updated, I believe, every Wednesday afternoon. So you can see advanced receiving stats, see which players lead the NFL in targets off first reads. You can see yards after contact numbers for running backs. You can see for quarterbacks, you go to the advanced passing stats, you can see a lot of stuff like first read passes from quarterbacks, first read percentage from quarterbacks, um, average depth of target, ton of great stuff. And that's just for basketball. That's just for football. Basketball starts very soon. We have the splits tools for, for NBA. We have the projections, all that great stuff. We have projections for every single uh, sport, FTN Daily, FTN Bets. I mean, I, I could sit here for an hour and talk about all the insane content, tools, everything at FTN. But you need to just check it out yourself. You can also use the promo code FTC for 10% off. That's Fade the Chalk, our promo code FTC. Again, check it out. Enter the contest. You'll automatically be entered to win the contest if you sign up for a subscription. And you could be watching Darren Waller and Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson play Raiders, Washington football team in Vegas for a fun trip. So check that out today. All right, let's break down Thursday night football between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Bengals. Cincinnati wins this one on a last-second field goal, 24-21. Um, was off to a slow start, right? The Bengals were down 14-0 at the half. Their offense wasn't doing much. But this game started, I guess before it started, Carlos Hyde inactive for this game. It looked like it was a healthy scratch at first, but then it later came out that Hyde showed up to the stadium with his shoulder bothering him, and... The the Jaguars just sat him. So once that happened, you obviously felt a lot better about James Robinson, who finishes with 18 carries, a season high, 78 yards and two touchdowns. Um, wasn't really involved in the passing game, but he scored twice. So you, and he looked what, per usual. This isn't new, but James Robinson looked great. You know, shedding yards or shedding tacklers and making plays after contact, um, keeping his balance after getting hit. Like he looked great in this game. We know Urban Meyer has not exactly been the wisest head coach through four weeks and in the offseason as well. So hopefully, even if Carl Side is is active for week five, they just and we start we and to be fair, we did start to see it right in week one. Hyde got more work than Robinson, at least in the uh, on the ground. And then in weeks two and three, we started to see it shift back towards Robinson. So even if Hyde is healthy and active in week five, you have to think Robinson's taken over this backfield like he should have. So against Tennessee, another bad defense, he should be viewed as a very, very high-end running back, too. Um, DJ Chark left this game very early. He got, like, rolled up on uh, in run blocking, and he did not return. And sounds like his season is most likely going to be over. So Chark dealing with a broken left ankle. He's obviously out indefinitely. I mean, odds are he's done for the year. So it's a brutal injury for Chark. Um, he, as a result, Tavon Austin came in and operated as the number three receiver after Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. I mean, Austin played one fewer snap than Chenault, ran one less route than Chenault, uh, was targeted three times. So in deeper leagues, I mean, he, he I guess he needs to be looked at, right? 
Um, Jacksonville is a team that's going to be trailing a lot. They're going to be throwing a lot. And Austin was on the field a ton. So in 12-team leagues, I don't think you have to go there. But in 14-team leagues or anything like that, he's, he's definitely worth a look. Um, LaVisca Chenault had a nice bounce back game here. Six catches for 99 yards and a team high seven targets. Uh, also had a carry for 11 yards. He wasn't really used down the field more. He had like a broken play where he had the 52-yard catch. But um, just the fact that he is his target's going to be more consistent with Chark out. Six for 99, like I said. Marvin Jones, though, like this hurt me, obviously, to watch. Just three targets for Marvin Jones in a game where Chark left very early. Um, Lawrence did only throw 24 times as they really relied on James Robinson, mostly in the first half as they, for some reason, kind of went away from him in the second half. But, um, better days are definitely had for Marvin Jones. It was clearly his worst game of the season. I'm not worried at all about Marvin Jones. Um, and yeah, Robinson, and this is, by the way, this is Lawrence's best game. He wasn't great for fantasy. Didn't throw a touchdown. Um, did run for a touchdown. And he had 36 yards on eight carries. So we're starting to see a little bit, a little bit more from Lawrence. But um, this was clearly his best game. Made some really nice throws, including that awesome throw down the sideline to Jamal Agnew. Um, for the Bengals, Joe Burrow, again, it was a slow start. But he got going 348 and two touchdowns through the air. Uh, <laughs> CJ Uzama, five for 95 and two touchdowns. Don't don't pick up CJ Uzama, especially with T. Higgins expected to be back next week, I would guess. Um, but with T Higgins out, Tyler Boyd, huge game, nine catches, 118 yards on 11 targets and Jamar chase, another strong game, six catches for 77 yards on nine targets. I talked about Jamar chase as somebody you should try to trade away earlier in the week. I still believe that the Bengals offense, it's been weird because going into the season, we expected the Cincinnati Bengals to be. One of the pass-heaviest teams in football. Last year, before Joe Burrow went down, only Tom Brady had more pass attempts in the NFL than Joe Burrow. That was through like 10 or 11 weeks of the season. And now you look at it, the Bengals are like among the the league leaders in early down run rate. Their passing rate's down. Their pace is like bottom five in the NFL. So it's really not a fantasy-friendly offense in terms of pace and play calling. And that concerns me with Jamar Chase, who... Yeah, he had nine targets tonight, but prior to that, Burrow had, I think this was Burrow's first game with over 30 pass attempts. Um, maybe that changes. Joe Bur- um, Joe Mixon did suffer an ankle injury late in this game. Zach Taylor said it's minor, so we'll have to see. Um, but like if Mixon were forced to miss time, maybe they go more pass heavy. But that, that has been kind of shocking. Maybe they're trying to protect Joe Burrow. And as he, he looked healthy, like he looked great in this game, like making throws outside of the pocket and on the run, um, you know, so I, maybe the the more kind of comfortable he gets, the more they kind of go up tempo and, and more pass heavy. But with T Higgins coming back, if they're not going to, if they're not going to be as pass heavy as we thought, which doesn't look like the case, I don't know if Jamar Chase, who didn't score in this game, is going to be able to be as good as he's been, obviously, on five, six targets a game. So if you can, I would still try to sell high on Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd is what he is. He's always productive. He's always underrated. Um, he just he just produces. He's very good in PPR leagues. But Mixon, he got off to a really slow start, and it would have been a brutal game if Joe Burrow's uh, one-yard touchdown didn't get called back, and then Mixon punched in on the next play. 
Um, but he, like I said, he did suffer an ankle injury late in the fourth quarter. And I, I was watching this game, and Mixon like took a little bit to get off the the field, like get off the ground. And I was sit, sitting there thinking to myself, like, is he is he shaking up right now? And sure enough, he goes, he get he asks to come out, doesn't play again for the final what three four minutes of the game. Um, I mean, we'll see. He's got a longer week. He's got what ten days to get healthy for the game against the Packers. Um, didn't seem like it was a high ankle sprain. Again, Zach Taylor said it seemed to be minor. So obviously keep an eye on it. The situation though, is that Joe Mixon, there was a lot of hype about him being a three down back and catching a ton of passes with Giovanni Bernard out of town. And look, that, that really hasn't been the case. You saw it last week, right? We saw Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans, combined for I think 10 passing routes Mixon only ran about I think eight and then in the weeks one and two he was at 22 and 18 and in this game I mean Mixon barely played on third downs like I don't have the exact numbers in front of me but I know for a fact he played on fewer third downs than Piran and Chris Evans and you look at the numbers, again, if they're not throwing the ball a lot, that, that obviously bodes, uh, that obviously ties into him not getting a lot of catches, but he only, he had one catch for no yards on two targets. Piron had a catch. Second week in a row now where Mixon's not done much in the passing game, it's not a situation where, like, you're, you're not benching Joe Mixon, like I talked about last week, but it could potentially keep him from having that upside of a top five to seven running back. Um, but on a per carry basis, he's looked good all year. So hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's good to go for week number five against the Packers. Um, and we'll see, I, I would expect T Higgins to be back. There was a report that said if they played on Sunday, there was a good chance he could play. So I'm going to, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic that T Higgins is back for week five against the green Bay Packers. So there you have it. Bengals 24, Jacksonville 21. Jags face the Titans next week, and like I said, the Bengals week five against the Packers, but this game clearly had some injuries with DJ Chark, who's going to miss time, and then Joe Mixon, we have to keep an eye on, uh, clearly had some injuries, so. All right, what we're going to do this time is we're going to look at some of the rankings at FTN Fantasy. You can check those out at FTN Fantasy, rankings from a ton of different analysts, a PPR, half PPR, non-PPR, different different formats, two quarterback, um, myself, deep. Debro, Jeff Ratcliffe, Chris Meany, Elliot Christ, Matthew Friedman. Awesome, awesome tool. And I'm going to look at some rankings here and just look at some players like I've been doing on this on this episode. Some players at each position that are ranked closely, some tough decisions people might have to make, and kind of talk through the, my process of which player I prefer. So we'll start at quarterback. And I'm going to look at Sam Darnold, who's in Dallas, and Ryan Tannehill. This is obviously easier now because it looks like Joe Burrow and A.J. Brown aren't going to... Or Joe Burrow. I'm all over the place. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones aren't going to play for the Titans. Um, and it's it's it stinks that the, the Bengals played on Thursday because one that was really close and is really close or 15 and 16 in the rankings is Burrow and Darnold. Um, I, I like Darnold here. And... I understand that he's not going to have McCaffrey in this game, which is, you know, easy completed targets and a guy that can just make a ton of plays, obviously. 
But Darnold has back-to-back 300-yard games for the first time in his NFL career. He quietly has three rushing touchdowns so far this season. Maybe they'll call his number inside the three-yard line even more with McCaffrey out. Who knows? It's possible. And look, Darnold's passing volume hasn't been incredible because the Carolina Panthers are the only team in the NFL this season that has yet to play a single snap trailing. That probably changes this week against Dallas. Uh, not not that Dallas, like Dallas's defense has played good. They have a lot of turnovers, but I don't think they're all of a sudden like a top ten defense in the NFL, right? A lot of that from week one against the or from week four three against the Eagles was the Eagles' offense just not doing themselves any favors. They didn't run the ball. Their offensive line got beat up. So I think in this game with Carolina as road, uh, slight not massive underdogs, but underdogs, um, we finally see this team trail. And we finally see maybe 38 to 40 pass attempts from Sam Darnold. And with Dallas, like, I, I again, they're still missing key players on their defensive line. Yes, Trayvon Diggs is awesome. But, like, nobody else in that secondary is, is really is really scaring me off of Darnold here. And you still have DJ Moore, who's playing great football right now. I think Robbie Anderson is going, like, Robbie Anderson, if he gets targets, is a good player still. And I like his matchup against the other corners. And then Terrace Marshall on the slot. You still have Chuba Hubbard out of the backfield. This game should be pretty high scoring. So, like, I would start Sam Darnold over, you know, I would have started them over Burrow, uh, Baker Mayfield, um, Tannehill, um, Derek Carr. I'd start him over, who's been really good. So, I do like Darnold quite a bit. Um, I mean, Tannehill is going to be a popular talking point because he hasn't been great for fantasy. He's coming off his best game, obviously. But now it's very likely he's without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And they could just give the ball and probably will give the ball 30 times to Derrick Henry. So if I have Tannehill on my team, especially if I need like upside this week, if I'm like an underdog in my matchup or whatever, I would honestly probably bench Tannehill for Taylor Heineke, who's uh, got the Atlanta Falcons awful defense, who are bottom five in passing touchdown rate allowed so far this season. Um. I would start probably Baker over him. Um, Matt Ryan's close. Like I talked about this in the DFS episode. It, Washington's defense has been so bad, but on the but on the opposite end of the spectrum, like the Falcons' offense has shown no willingness to go downfield. Matt Ryan four point two intended air yards per attempt. Only Andy Dalton's been worse. 2.6% of his pass attempts have been 20 yards or more down the field. Again, only Andy Dalton has been worse. Um, I I think Ryan still, given the situation with the Titans offense, probably has more upside. So I think I might go Matt Ryan. Definitely Baker. I think I would, and I'm going to adjust my rankings, with Taylor Heineke over Ryan Tannehill. It's just... Again, he hasn't been great already, and now you're probably without Julio and A.J. Brown. In the game, they should still be able to win, so it's just going to be a ton of Derrick Henry in this game. Let's go to running back. Um, I mean, Chuba Hubbard's going to be obviously a popular name. Um, if you're debating, I mean, obviously, if you had McCaffrey on on your team and you already had Chuba, you're just sliding Chuba in your lineup regardless. But, like, say you picked up Chuba or had him on your bench, and now you have decide between three running backs and you have to start two of them right um some running backs i would prefer chuba over 
Um, Clyde Edwards Alaire, I would start Chuba over. If the Rams running backs were healthy, right? I would like if Daryl Henderson never got hurt, it would be easily Henderson. But Henderson's limited in practice right now. We don't know if he's gonna play. And with the Rams playing on Thursday night next week, do they A just say Daryl Henderson, take one more week off? Because that's the case, Michelle and Chuba would be really close for me. But if Henderson plays, they could limit him and go like 60-40. And that's the, if that's the case, I would play Chuba over both Rams running backs. So that's de- that's definitely interesting. Um, Looks like Dalvin Cook's practicing again on Friday, so we don't have to worry about Madison being a start. Um, I would start... I would start Chuba Hubbard easily over Mike Davis, over... Miles Sanders is close. Because I love the matchup for Miles Sanders, right? Uh, the Chiefs are bottom three in, explos- in, uh, in gash runs allowed, 10-plus yard runs. They're they're like 13% of the runs against him have gone for 10-plus yards. It's one of the highest rates in the NFL. But are the Eagles going to give the ball to Miles Sanders? And if they fall behind against a pissed-off Chiefs team, we saw them fall behind against Dallas, and Miles Sanders was not part of the, the game plan. And Kenneth Gainwell has been their two-minute drill and passing downs running back. So... There are some still there are still some concerns with Miles Sanders. I think Chuba's probably guaranteed to touch the ball more. Just facts. And Dallas's run defense, they haven't given up a lot of touchdowns to running backs. But if Miles Sanders got the ball on Monday night, he would have had a great game. And they're also allowing the third most targets and third most receptions per game to opposing running backs. That's going to be good for Chuba as well. So I think I would go Chuba over um over Miles Sanders. I think I'd go Chuba over Chris Carson as well. These are all very close. Um, But as of now, I have Chuba one spot over Carson and two spots over Miles Sanders. So there you have that. Let's go to some other running backs lower in this range. Um, Damian Harris, I would not start him if I can help it. Elite Tampa Bay run defense. They're going to be trailing. He got benched for Brandon Bolden. Like Brandon Bolden coming in wasn't just because of James White's injury. Damon Harris was struggling in pass protection. So against this D-line, if he struggles again in pass protection, or if they just get behind and they don't throw to him, like Damon Harris seems like a very low ceiling play. Give me Naheem Hines over Damian Harris. Give me Jamal Williams. I might even take Zach Moss over Damian Harris just because Moss has looked good the last two weeks. They're 17 and a half point favorites. And yes, the Bills can still score all their touchdowns via the pass in this game. But Moss should still get 12 to 14 touches in this game in a good matchup as massive home favorites. I think Zach Moss has a higher floor and a higher ceiling given the matchup this week. So for me, yeah, I I would play Sermon probably. Elijah Mitchell looks like he'll be doubtful for San Francisco. So give me Sermon over Damian Harris. Give me Zach Moss. Give me Jamal Williams. Give me Naheem Hines. Give me Cordero Patterson. Like clearly, clearly I am not. Give me Leonard Fournette in that same game. Clearly, I am not excited about Damian Harris at all uh, this week. Not one bit. And then what do we do with Tyson Williams? I'm benching him. I don't see a scenario where you start Tyson Williams. It's it's like, first of all, Baltimore has been a lot more pass heavy than we expected. And maybe that had a lot to do with, I mean, Greg Roman talked about in the offseason that they were going to lean on the pass more. And then Dobbins gets hurt. And then 
Um, Gus Edwards gets hurt. So that, that helps make them throw the ball more. But, I mean, Tyson's looked good on the carries he's gotten, but he keeps making mistakes in pass pro or whatever, and they bring in Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. Now the Ravens go to Denver, who, yes, their schedule's been easy, but they're still very good defense, especially against the run. So, yeah, no no thank you on on Tyson Williams. Everybody I named already, I would start over Tyson Williams. Um, Damon Harris, I probably would start over him as well. So... There is that. Let's go to wide receiver, where there's always a ton of questions, right? Because a lot of leagues, you start three receivers, and the position's always so loaded anyway. So receiver is always tough. Um, let's start, I mean, Robert Woods. What do you do with Robert Woods right now? If I have Robert Woods on my team, I'm still starting him, but who are you starting him over? Like, for instance, I love Cole Beasley this week. Right, I have Beasley as a top 30 receiver for this week. I might even move him up more. The Texans played a lot of zone defense the last couple weeks and got really torched by it. Beasley leads the NFL in receptions and targets with 23 and 19 against zone coverage. He's been elite against zone coverage for years. I think Beasley, I don't have it ranked that way yet because Woods in that game environment might have a higher ceiling if he starts to get the ball, but... I mean, Cole Beasley has played three games this year, and he has 13 targets in two of them. So that one's close for me. But like Robert Woods, um, do you start Debo over him? I mean, if George Kittle doesn't play, you very well might. Um, I think you're even against Buffalo, you're starting Brandon Cooks over Robert Woods. Um, assuming Deontay's good to go, you're starting Deontay over him. It's tough. It's tough with Robert Woods right now because you know there's a he's going to be good eventually. He's a huge part of this offense still, and Cooper Cup, as great as he is, he's not going to have a 35 to 38% target share all season long. Um, Looking at some other receivers, um, let's look at Hollywood Brown, who should have had a huge game last week, obviously. Right now in our consensus rankings, he's in that wide receiver 31 range. Um, like I would start Beasley over him. I would start Cortland Sutton over him. I would start Corey Davis is close because, yes, the Jets offense has looked awful. But Davis is still getting a ton of targets each week. Elijah Moore has already been ruled out with a concussion. Jamison Crowder might be back, but Davis is clearly the one here. The Titans have been awful against number one receivers and just receivers in general, right? Uh, Lockett went for 100 and a touchdown against them. Hopkins went for like 90 and two touchdowns against him. And then last week they played, um, who did the Titans play last week? Oh, the Colts. And Michael Pittman should have had a touchdown this game. It was wide open in the end zone. Ball was a little bit high. Could have been caught. So like if Pittman catches that, it's it's even the numbers are even worse. So I do. And again, you have the revenge game factor. I think Corey Davis over Hollywood is a move I'm going to make. They're 31 and 32 for me right now. I might switch it and put Davis ahead of him on the fly here. Um, looking elsewhere, Kenny Galladay. What do you do with Kenny Galladay? Because Shepard and Darius Slayton look like they're going to be out for the Giants. Galladay, we saw we saw a report that he might be limited last week, but then he really wasn't. 
you wonder how much of that was because Shepard and Slayton left early. The matchup against the Saints isn't great, right? Marshawn Lattimore is a very good corner. He could he could really you know shut down Gauda here, but he could also just walk into eight to ten targets. Um, and Jacoby Myers is a is an interesting player this week too. Tampa Bay's secondary has not been great this year, and they're banged up. They just brought in Richard Sherman. Myers is coming off a 14-target game. This The Patriots are surely to be playing from behind here against Brady and company, which just sounds weird saying the Patriots are facing Tom Brady. Still hasn't set in yet. Jacoby Myers, I think I would start over Robbie Anderson, just over Kenny Galladay, and... It's close between him and Antonio Brown. I would probably, I think there's a higher target ceiling for Jacoby Myers if you want to make that move. And Devontae Smith's kind of in this range, as well as Chase Claypool. Claypool's targets have not been good when Deontay and Juju have been in there. Like, it took Deontay already being rolled out and Juju leaving in the third quarter for Claypool to see 15 targets. So, with Deontay and Juju looking like they could play this week, and Big Ben having no ability to throw the ball down the field... And offensive coordinator Matt Canada coming out today saying that they're not going to change anything in their offense. Like, good luck, pal. Um, yeah, I think I would play Myers over Claypool, over Antonio Brown. Devonta Smith's tough because the Chiefs have, the Chiefs haven't been able to stop anybody, right? They're allowing 3.23 points per drive, most in the NFL. The Eagles probably going to be playing from behind here. So that one's close. I, I think I'm leaning Smith, but it is very close. Uh, and then you look at like Brendan Ayuk, finally was a full-time player last week, got in the end zone, was still behind Debo and Kittle in targets, but if George Kittle doesn't play, it's a massive, massive boost for Brendan Ayuk in a pretty favorable matchup. Um, So for Ayuk, I would play him, if Kittle's out, I'm definitely moving him ahead of Gaudet over Michael Pittman, over Robbie Anderson for sure. Probably over Antonio Brown. He'll be in that Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, um, Devonta Smith range for me. Like wide receiver 32 to 35. That's probably where he'll fall. Maybe a little bit lower than that. Um, all right, let's close out with some tight ends here. And again, obviously things can change because might not have George Kittle available. Um, we're seeing some tight ends kind of so- somewhat break out, right? Like... Are you benching Kyle Pitts right now? I mean, depending on who you have, like if you somehow have Kyle Pitts and Tyler Higby, you're you're obviously playing Higby. If you have Kyle Pitts and Noah Fant, are you playing Noah Fant? I think I might. Um, again, Washington's defense has been bad, and Pitts' underlying numbers are great. The routes, the involvement, and lining up everywhere. Maybe he's struggling against corners because he's playing out wide a ton. Um, Mike Jasicki's interesting too, right? Didn't do anything the, until the fourth quarter of that last game, and he had a ton of his targets in fourth quarter and overtime. But Brissett was looking for him. Brissett has a history of targeting targeting his tight ends. So, Jasicki or... Like, Jasicki, Dawson Knox, and Dalton Schultz are all interesting because they're all kind of coming on quietly. Schultz could be a trap. Right, the targets were great. He scored two touchdowns, but he's still pretty much in a split in terms of routes and snaps with Blake Jarwin. And in a game where, if Dallas struggles to run the ball against Carolina, who's been pretty good up front, 
and they're throwing more, yeah, that could be more passing volume, but like CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper were barely targeted last game. Like that's not going to continue. Um, so like I, I would still start Dalton Schultz over like the Patriots tight ends, Cole Komet. Uh, obviously Gerald Everett is uh, on the COVID list right now. So like he might not play, but Will Disley would get a bump. Maybe he slides in that like top 18 to 17 tight end range. Um, Evan Ingram, I'd lean over Schultz just given the injuries to the Giants, and Ingram just has a higher target opportunity and just a higher overall ceiling, in my opinion. But, um, like, I would start Schultz over Conklin. I I might even start him over Austin Hooper. I know Hooper's been more consistent throughout his career, obviously, but, like, he's just still splitting so much time with the other tight ends on that team. And then Dawson Knox is in this range as well. He's scored touchdowns back-to-back games I believe um or it's two touchdowns but he scored last week it's just can you trust his involvement right he's been a guy for Josh Allen in the red zone for sure but like Sanders has been the deep target so is Diggs I think a Stefan Diggs massive game is coming so I still don't feel great about like Schultz and Dawson Knox and Jasicki but right now, you probably feel better about them than, like I said, the, the Patriots tight ends, um, the like Austin Hooper, Tyler Conklin, Robert Tunyon hasn't even been that reliable other than the, the touchdown he had against the, the Lions. So, again, it just goes to show that outside the top five and we might, or, or six, you throw Gronk in there. And I would put Higby in there, too. He's been so involved. But outside of that, like, and we might not even have Kittle this week. There are some streamers. Like, if you don't have Kittle, you can look at Will Disley. You can look at Dalton Schultz, who's still available in leagues. You can look at Mike Jasicki, who's still available in leagues. And it's better than having to pick up a Pat Fryermuth, um, one of the Colts' tight ends. And as much as I love Cole Komet, with that Bears offense right now, it's just you feel a lot better about some of the other tight ends that I just listed. So that'll do it. Trying to go through some players that may might offer some tough decisions for fantasy managers in week number five. Um, and look, we all want to win in, in redraft, right? We all want to have that best record, maybe even go undefeated. And we all want to win that cash prize in our home league. But you can get cash prizes before that and add even more competitiveness to your league going to toppropsports.com. It is an awesome site that you can import your fantasy league, whether you play on Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, you import it, use your email, use the code FTN, and you do that, and you can import your league, invite your league mates, and you can play weekly cash contests against your league mates. So you're playing against your buddy this week, and you guys are both talking smack. Who has a better team? Put Put some money up and decide and find out who wins that matchup, and you can win some cash prizes before the season ends over at Top Prop Sports. Make sure you check it out. Use the code FTN. Appreciate everybody listening all week. It's been a fun week on the pod as usual. Got some more football action for week five on Sunday. Should be a fun week. Again, make sure you're checking out all the content at FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily, and FTNBets.com. Enter that Las Vegas trip subscriber appreciation giveaway. And have a great weekend. Debro and I will be back next week. And I'll be back Monday for the solo recap pod to see what all happened and what all went down in week number five. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fade the Chalk with Derek and Adam. 
Make sure to follow your hosts and the podcast on Twitter at DBRO underscore FFB at AP Pfeiffer 24 and at Chalk Fade. Smash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.